one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay turn with us to the book of second corinthians you know i used to wonder why everybody wouldn't be saved i thought even when i started preaching well, you just got to make one announcement, give one invitation, here they'll come. I mean, I don't see why anybody. I believe I could take a cancer cure tonight, if I had it, and just go into a town like Houston and just completely empty uh, MD Anderson Foundation Hospital, you know. I believe I could do it. All I have to do is just announce, say, folks, got the cure for cancer. Nobody going to die from cancer anymore. Everybody's going to be made well. I believe I could put it on television or radio or newspaper and get the word. And uh, I imagine planes would be flying here from around the world. People spend their lives dying to get them in to get rid of the cancer. And then I thought about something else. What if I had the cure for cancer right here in my billfold, written on a little piece of paper, see, right here. I got it written out. It's not doesn't take up much space, but here's the cure right here. Oh, you'd say, Brother Wolf, really? I said, absolutely, guaranteed. Anybody ever try this? They'd say, well, hand it to me. My uncle's got I said, oh, no. I said, this is for me if I ever have cancer. <laughs> I mean, that's just for my kin folks. I mean, I'm, you don't think I just give it to everybody, do you? Well, no. He said, now, wait a minute. He said, Brother Wolf, I'll pay for it. I said, how much? He said, man, I'd pay $50,000. I mean, if that's what it'd take. I said, oh, it'll cost you more than that. I said, man, your life ought to be worth at least $150,000 and go out and raise it and come on back and I'll talk to you. Well, I tell you, I'd lose a bunch of friends in a hurry, wouldn't I? I know one thing, it'd be a bunch of girls that I, it's hard for me to believe, Brother Olaf, would have the cure for cancer and wouldn't even give it to anybody. I mean, want to sell it, poor man dying over that $150,000 why he hadn't got a dollar and fifty cents. Huh? But wait a minute. My Bible tells me that the cure for the sin cancer is free. I've been announcing it for 37 years, but do you think we've got all the cancers cured? Uh-uh. Now then, there's got to be something wrong. You say, Brother Olaf, what are you driving at? Somebody has got the blindfolds. I'd like to find out who's doing the blinding. Somebody's blinding somebody. You'd say, but Brother Olaf, there was a little baby the other day that was born. You talk about a shock, mother and daddy, really. You talk about burdened and disturbed. You know what's wrong with the baby? He's born blind. Little fellow, never see his mother smile. Or she, the little baby can feel the mother's caresses and hear the sweet words of love coming from the mother, but never see the sunrise or see the sunset. You'd say, that's the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. No, that's not it. Did you know spiritually you were born blind? 
I'm going to preach the gospel to you tonight. I feel it coming on. You were born blind. And nobody ever sees spiritually until they're born again. Amen. The Bible said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Really, if we believed the truth, we were all born dead. Everybody was spiritually stillborn. And girls, getting to be 15 didn't get you in trouble, or 10, or 11. And our girls and boys are getting in trouble at a very early age today. But it wasn't the years or the age you was born like that. And we need to know that's what the book says. We were born in sin. Now then, who blinds people? Where does the blinding come? Somebody got the blindfold. You know, I've been flying with the blindfolds on. I don't like it. Man, if I want to peep out, I want to peep out. And yet, the instructor says, put the mask on. You know, put the hood on. Put that old hood on. And I put the hood on, and I had one instructor that said, now then, don't you look out. You look at those instruments right there. That's all you're going to see right there. About the, uh, that's about that far. That's all I can see. And he said, you see that, uh, that gyro? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you keep that gyro centered on 170 degrees. And he said, you're going to take off under that hood. And he said, as long as you've got it on 170 degrees, you'll be in the middle of the runway and you won't run across the ditch and into no fence, and directly you'll come off the ground. Now, he said, go by that right there. I said, what if that thing's wrong? <laughs> he said, it's not wrong. He said, you're to trust that instrument. And he said, you go by it. But, he said, I'll be looking myself. <laughs> he said, after all, I'm riding with you. And he said, I'm looking after my wife's first husband also. And so uh, we took off down the runway. Now then, they put the hood on me. But I could still see at least where I was going. I mean, I could tell where I was. You can put the hood on me. If I were to take off the airport tonight, which we probably will in a little while, you could, you could put a blindfold on me, uh, except for the instruments. I mean, so far as looking out, you could, you could paste the whole uh, windshield I mean, the whole thing, all the way around, lock me up in the plane. And I could come off of the ground. I could go to Corpus. I'd tell you exactly when I got to Corpus. I could tell you why the instruments, they can tell you how far you are away. They can tell you when you go over a certain place. Now then, spiritually, you can't see anything without Christ. You just know this one thing. You're going to crash. And when you crash, it'll be the devil's home. That's right. Oh, you'd say, Brother Olaf, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. Now turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to see what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, verse 1, as we've received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, there it is, 
somebody's hiding the gospel. Now here you were getting mad at me a while ago for hiding the cancer cure. Some of y'all just already, I think Brother Williams is just about to fall out with me. We've been friends through many years. And yet, if he knew and you knew that I had the cancer cure and would not share it with the dying thousands and hundreds of thousands, you could not keep from disrespecting me and doubting my interest in people. And yet, more serious than that, somebody's hiding the gospel. Somebody's hiding the gospel, I mean the cure. And the gospel is the only cure there is for the cancer of sin. And did you know that everybody in here has a malignant growth on the inside unless you know Christ? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Did you know that sin just never dies out by itself? Did you know that a sinner never just gets to the place where he said, well, I guess I've had enough of that. I think I'll just sort of sprout some wings and turn into an angel. Have you ever known? I, I haven't either. That's the reason uh, Sam, uh, an alcoholic, you know, he doesn't just, uh, you know, you've been to the place where you turned over a lot of leaves, didn't you? Oh, old Sam, bless his heart. Got a great mother. I'll tell you, I saw her the other night, and she's so happy. I'll tell you. You know why she's happy? Because old Sam found Jesus. She's not worried about him tonight. She believes it is in God's hands, and God changed his life. Now, he found the cure. Not relief. We don't need relief. We need the cure. We need remedy. And she said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are L-O-S-T. Lost. Lost. You know that first letter there starts with L and so does that acid they talk about. L-S-D. Hmm. That could stand for lost souls doomed. L-S-D. Lost souls disillusioned. Lost souls deceived. And that's it. The devil sure has a lot of foolers he has a lot of decoys. You've heard me tell about my story of going duck hunting one time. I never had been duck hunting. My daddy, I might have gone rabbit hunting, but I mean, I never had some friends got me a gun and wanted me to go to go duck hunting with them. One Thanksgiving, I came down from the seminary to Waco, Mr. Baker, and I'm telling you, when the ducks, they saw him, and yet they had to wait till sunup. I didn't know that. I mean, you had to wait till, you know, sunup before you could shoot. And we already had the ducks down in the ditch there, I mean, down in the water. And it's a great big precipice, and we got right up there. Well, they had to come right up by us. And we saw them, big old green-head mallards, you know, and old hens. And they'd, oh, boy, they having the time. Oh, they were talking that duck talk. I mean, they were cracking around down there. They didn't know what was going to come off. I mean, they didn't know war was fixing to be on. Of course, if all of them been like me, it wouldn't hurt them. <laughs> but I tell you, I got a man. I was wanting, the, I was wanting sun up, and they'd watch their watch, you know, and they'd watch the sun. He said, "Now just a little bit." And they put that gun in my hand, you know, and I was already. And I tell you, I was getting more nervous than the ducks would have been if they'd known I was there. And so, sure enough, in a little bit, boy, it's time. And so one of those fellas just kind of clicked his fingers or hands and said and made a little rack. Well, those old ducks jerked their heads up, and they said, Pow! they came up, 
and came up right by us and listened. Their guns began to sound and ducks began to fall. Them old greenhead mallards, big old hens began to fall. You talk about crashing in the water. And there I was standing there, you know, I had my gun and I had the, the shells in my gun and I had everything and I was wanting to shoot some ducks and I tell you, and out in front of my barrel, nothing happened. <laughs> Not one thing. Not one thing. Boy, was I embarrassed. I tell you, all them ducks fell. I thought, man, I just might as well say, well, we got them. <laughs> you know, we got them. See, those other two fellas, I mean, they, they waylaid them. I mean, they ducks are flopping around down there every which way, see. Mm-hmm. I had my gun. I had my shells. I had it on the ducks. But the safety was on. I didn't know how to push it off. <laughs> and that thing wouldn't do nothing. That, wasn't that sad? All them ducks coming up there fluttering around me. And I didn't shoot one. But I said one thing. I tell you, well, I, I looked that gun over a little and I pushed that thing around and I figured out how I was going to do it, you know. And so I went around and I picked up a bunch of their ducks and uh, I went over there on the other side of the river. It's the Brazos River. That's where it was. Boy, I came down and I said, uh-huh. Oh, listen, I saw them. Boy, there's a string of them sitting down there on the water. Boy, the waves is going, the wind, they just ride out the waves, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll get you this time. Boy, I said, they'll be proud of me. They'll be proud of me when I get back. You know what? When I came up on those ducks, when I came up on those ducks, and I just, I, I, live, I wasn't going to miss them this time, and I didn't either. Boy, I tell you, when I pulled that trigger, man, those old ducks begin to keel over there, but none of them got up and flew. I mean, I had them all trapped, every one of them. I said, oh, man, I'll waylay all of them, you know. I, got, I won't miss any of them. I mean, but none of them flopped. None of the wings fluttered. I mean, they didn't, you know, they just, that. I said, now, what, in, what kind of ducks are those? Huh? <laughs> You know what they were? What do you call them? Decoys. Decoys. Well, them things. Brother Henry, they fooled me. That's what them was. They, they were duck foolers. And they were preacher foolers, too. You see? Oh, listen, dear friends. Are you listening? Did you know that's what the devil's got out tonight? He's got his LSD. That's a decoy. He's got his uh, heroin. That's, he's got his marijuana, that, he's got his old cigarettes, you know. That's a decoy. He's got the little dance program, you know. You know, I tell you, uh, I, I never have, I never have seen such open lust and sin and filth as I've seen out in public, even the last few days, along the street, in the hospital, over at, uh, over at Memorial Hospital, sitting out in the waiting room, and uh, on the street corners, and boy, and on the school grounds, and in the school building, God help us and have mercy on us. And I'll guarantee you, the biggest soul trap on the face of this earth tonight is the school ground in America. And we ought to know it's coming when we kick the Bible out and quit praying. And then teachers begin to be infidels and, and laugh at God and spit in Jesus' face. We ought to know what is going to happen, and it's happening now. Our little old boys and girls, victims of such sin. All right? Decoys. He said, it's hid to them that are lost. All right, I want to know why. In whom the God of this world. All right. 
You'd say, is that Jesus? Not on your life. You'd say, is that the Heavenly Father? Not on your life. Listen, the God of this world is none in, not anybody else except Satan himself, in whom the God of this world hath done what? What did he do? Blinded? All right. Does God blind people? No, sir. I wish I could get every girl and every boy and every guest here tonight to just take sides against sin and Satan and fall out with him. Did you know what? And you've heard me say it before, and I'll have to say it again. The devil doesn't have one follower unless he's blind. You'd say, well, I'm following the devil. It's because you're blind and cannot see afar off. Every child he's got has his eyeballs punched out. You think about that. How would you like to get a job working for somebody? And he said, now, I'll pay you good wages, and I'll give you $1,000 a month. But there's a little trick to it. You'll have to first let me punch your eyeballs out. I, I wouldn't want to sell one of my eyes. Somebody offered me a million dollars for either one of my eyes. That wouldn't tempt me, would it you? Why, I said, I don't need your million dollars, but I do need my eyes. And yet, listen, the devil didn't just punch one of them out. He makes you blind in both eyes. You can't see one thing. He's the blinder. What happened? What happened to Samson when he got in sin? You remember old Samson? He disobeyed his mother and dad, and he ran off after a strange girl, and he thought he could just make his own decisions, and then uh, God warned him. You remember that? Three times he warned him. Oh, Delilah, you ever heard of her? Delilah got old Samson, you know. She was an immoral filthy, ungodly, sorry, low-down woman, and yet she blinded Samson. Samson was the strongest man in the world. Did you know that? Power of God fall on him? Why, listen, uh, he, he took the jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand people. Of course, I know a lot of people have been killed by jawbone. Huh? <laughs> jawbone trouble. Have you heard? Hey, let me tell you the latest. Have you heard the latest? Jawbone. Boy, you know, I tell you what. <laughs> Talk about major surgery. A lot of people need to go to the hospital and say, Doc said, what's the matter? said, I want my jawbone removed. I got jawbone trouble. Gossip. Talk. Criticism. My soul. How careful we need to be. I said, how careful we need to be. You can't imagine how smart you are when you learn to keep your mouth shut when you ought to. That's real wisdom. Did you know that? I mean, you remember when Jesus was fixing to be crucified and tried, and they said, uh, what about it? And the Bible said he said not a word. Didn't he move? The Bible said as a lamb is led to the slaughter, and as a sheep is dumb before her shearers, so opened he not his mouth. And I'll guarantee you one thing girls and boys and men and women, if there was anybody on the face of this earth that had a human right to open his mouth, it ought to have been Jesus. And yet he didn't. He had no defense. Why? He realized that he was going to die for sinners like you and I. He could have gotten a whole raft of heavenly lawyers. He could have got a million angels to come down and represent his case. And one angel could have come and wiped everybody, including the judge, off the face of the earth but he didn't open his mouth. And girls, you learn real quick now, and it'll be good for you. It's good sometimes, just don't say one word. 
Just don't say one word. I mean, just don't argue, don't fuss, don't justify yourself, don't take up for yourself. Just go right on. Be sweet, pleasant. God will bless you for it. But notice what he said. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded. Now then, let's see what he blinded. People are blind. I wouldn't want to be blind. Blinded to what? The minds of them which believe not. Now then, did you know right here lies the heart of the trouble of our mental trouble in this country? People got their minds blinded. Devil blinded their minds. You know why? They read newspapers instead of the Word of God got their minds blinded. Amen. They read books instead of the book and got their mind blinded. They listened to rock and roll and got their mind blinded. They listened to smutty jokes and got their mind blinded. Block, road block in the mind. That's what's wrong with American people. And here's the thing that's pathetic. An unsaved psychiatrist has no possible way to help him because his mind already has been blinded. Any psychiatrist without a living Christ and without a Savior, his mind is blinded. If a man doesn't have the mind of Christ, reckon whose mind he could have. How many minds did Christ have? One. One mind. Now, suppose you don't have the mind of Christ. You'd say, well, I don't want the mind of Christ. Well, let's turn the horse around and, and, and analyze the other subject. Then reckon whose mind you would have. That's what I thought you'd say, the devil's mind. You've got to have one of them. You can't have both of them. You'll have either the devil's mind, you'll have the Lord's mind. Now, he said, let this mind be in you. But wait a minute. Until you let him in, you can't have his mind. Until you let him in, you can't have his peace. A lot of people want the peace, but they don't want the prince of peace. A lot of people want the power, but they don't want the person. A lot of people want the provisions, but they don't want the provider. Isn't that pitiful? Oh, I'd like to have what the Lord could do for me, but I don't want to be strangled by the presence of the Lord all the time. Strangled? Why, my brother, you won't limp an old strangled horse. You know, he sort of got a uh, defect in his walk. He kicks his foot in a certain direction, you know. <laughs> Why, listen, Jesus fixed you where you can really walk. Now then, he said uh, he's blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now I want to mention some of the blinders and some of the binders and some of the grinders. I want to mention one of them. You know, a little girl starts going with somebody, and uh, this is just as true today. She starts going with a young man, and, oh, listen, he just uh, says, I, I don't believe I could live without you. I, I just don't believe I could live without you. I mean, I, I, I'd just rather be dead uh, than not to have you. I mean, I just am love. And, and little old thing, uh, she just, it sounds so good, you know. And he just keeps saying it so much, and, 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 and it just goes, she doesn't know that he's telling somebody else that last night. See, and last week he told somebody else that. See, and next week he'll see that same silly line to some other little, uh, you know, gullible girl. Sorry outfit. Lie. And yet she goes for it. She goes for it. Listen, what do you think about Samson? Do you think Samson, I mean, he started going with Delilah. Daddy said, son, no, son. He said, now you're going in the wrong direction. You better let daddy help you in this uh, dating situation. You're going off with strange flesh and strange people. Now, he said, son, oh, but daddy, listen, you just ought to meet Delilah. Mm -hmm. I want you to know 
I mean, Delilah, listen, she's smart, she's keen, she's sharp. I mean, <laughs> you know, heard a preacher the other day. He's talking about his preaching, you know, talking about his preaching. He said, that I get the young people to come, said, they, they like me because I'm cool. Yeah. I might have used the wrong road. I ought to say cold, frozen would be better. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. Let's go.